Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Maverick Mondays. I'm your host, Maverick Peters. It is my intention to change your life one Monday at a time. I've had the incredible opportunity to sit down with some pretty fantastic people. The individuals who are successful in what they do or extremely positive-minded in the way they live their daily lives, those are the people we will be hearing from on this show. Stay tuned for today's guest. Men, are you looking for that great suit or sport outfit with the finest fabrics in the world and made-to-measure tailoring? We'll come to either your home, office, or you can come to our facility and we will create that fashion statement especially for you. Call us at Cimarroni Couture, 216-287-1522. That's Cimarroni Couture, 216-287-1522. Our guest today is Pacey Elbaum. Pacey his whole life was very heavy. His weight and eating habits never bothered him to make a change. It wasn't until he was faced with life and death did he fully understand the severity of the path he was heading down. Pacey went through a procedure out of desperation and as a last resort. He shares with us today some of the challenges he faced before, during, and after his surgery and how he has grown, not physically, but mentally as a person, from everything he endured. I was born a big baby, very large, always was large. I loved to eat. I had a massive, massive sweet tooth, so candy was my thing. I mean, just to give you a little insight, the story my kids love the most is uh, when I was in high school, I woke up one morning with a massive stomachache. I couldn't move. I literally felt like I was dying. And uh, when they came to check on me because I had missed class, they asked me, you know, what's going on? What's, why aren't you feeling well? And then they looked in the garbage can over there in my room and there must have been 150 wrappers from Laffy Taffy's. They're like, wow, it must have been a party last night. It's like, well, actually, I ate that entire thing. I, I literally ate the wow. full 148 pieces, whatever comes in a Laffy Taffy jar. That's really where I was and what I was living. I was just food, you know, there was no limitations. It's just never ending. You were always like that, even as a kid? Always. At what point did you realize, all right, this is ridiculous, I got to snap out of it? So my daughter came to me one day. She... Uh, she wanted me to teach her how to ride a bike. And, you know, me being my size, I was 358 pounds at the time. And, and how old were you? I was 30. And I told her, you know, I said, I had just come home from work. And I said, listen, you know, I'm really tired. Give me a few minutes, I'll come out. A few minutes later, I came outside. She got on the bike. She started going. And after maybe a few feet, I just, I was like, you know, listen, I'm tired. Why don't we try again tomorrow? So we did it two days, three days, and then I pushed her off a few days, and she never asked me again. Okay, you know, I'm not thinking about it much, and one day I'm sitting on the couch eating whatever, snacking that day, um, and she came in and she said, you know, I learned how to ride a bike. I said, no way, that's amazing. She said, yeah, I was with my friends, and they helped me, and they helped me, and I learned how to ride a bike. And I was so happy for her. And then she left the house. And after two minutes of thinking to myself, that didn't just happen. 
And when my wife came in, I said, you know, we have one daughter. She just taught herself how to ride a bike. I will never in my life get that opportunity again to teach her how to ride a bike. That's gone. It's gone. And if I don't do something about it, the same thing's going to happen with my son. And then it's going to repeat itself in the next monumental moment. And it's just going to keep going and going and going. So if I don't do something right now, I'm giving up everything I got. Was was money ever an issue? You know, when you, when you live a, a lifestyle, right? Food is not cheap. When you live a lifestyle where food is your primary focus. It may not be cheap. For the things that people want in life, they find a way to do it. A fancy car might be a little bit out of somebody's budget. Okay, that's a little bit different. But when it comes to, say, smoking, right? Smoking is bad for you. People tell people who smoke all the time. You know how much money you would save if you didn't, if you quit? But that's not a deterrent. That's not a reason because, you know what? It's not like they have to go spend $20,000 today. They need $5 nowadays, $10, whatever it costs to buy a pack. So they'll find it. They'll find change under their bed. They'll find, you know, some money that they, oh, put their hand in their pocket when they're doing the laundry. Found $10. Boom. That's my next pack of cigarettes, right? They'll bum off of somebody else. They'll figure it out. They'll always figure it out. Same thing with food. It's, what's another bag of pretzels? Another 99 cents? Dollar 79? Right. It's not really changing your bill. And then what's another little bit of this and another little bit of that? And especially me who's been in food my entire uh, adult life, there's just, there's no li- there's no limit. There's no end. Right. So. And was it, was it specifically that one instance with your daughter where you felt like, you know, you really had missed out an opportunity, a special opportunity? Or were you also feeling, you know, like that lethargic feeling? Well, I never knew life differently. So okay. so now, looking back today, mm-hmm. I see where I was and where I am now. But bef- at that point, I, I didn't know life to be different. I knew that when I stood on my feet, I, I just, I, I always felt like I was out of breath, like I couldn't breathe, I couldn't move, I was just, I was always tired, you know, but that was always part of the day. So that and seemed then, normal to you? That was normal. You go to work. And while I was at work, I always had a, a drive. That, I was never a lazy person. So I can put in eight, ten hours of work. I can cater a job after work at night and work 18-hour day and push through it. But then when I got home, I just, the minute I sat down, I felt, I felt that feeling go through my feet, you know, where it was just like all of a sudden they were becoming jello. And 20 minutes after I sat down, I could not stand. I like physically could not stand on my feet. If I stood up, there was nothing to hold up my weight. It was just, I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand. It was extremely painful. And the only way I got up in the morning was because, like I said, uh, thank God one of the things I don't have a problem with is being lazy. So the minute I my alarm clock went off, my mindset was already in mode, you got to get to work. There, there was no option not to be at work. So... So if you don't mind me asking, in high school, how much did you weigh? I, I put it this way. 12 years ago when I got married, I believe I was at 275, 280. Okay. Um, that was probably the smallest I ever remember being. Really? So I had to have at, been at right... Wedding. Yeah. So I had to have been around that throughout high school. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, within a year of getting married, I was easily at 300, and I was between 3 and 350. This whole time, and the most you ever weighed was three fifty. Was three fifty eight. Wow, three fifty eight. Yeah. Going going out with my friends, just hanging out. My brother in law lived a house away from me, 
and it was a battle. I, he was, he's a big people person. He likes to get out and move. And you know, Pacey, come on, let's go. We're, we're going here. We're going here. Golfing this, that. I just, I, I had no interest. I was, uh, <laughs> so I just wanted to perk with my chips. That's all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What was, what was the craziest splurge you ever went on when it comes to eating or snacking? No, I, I'll tell you, the, the thing that I probably think back to as the craziest, I would say, is, uh, you know, there's always, the, the fire always goes bright before it dies out. Mm-hmm. And I would say right before, I mean, I've I've had times where I've eaten like crazy. I've told you the Laffy Taffy story, and there are many, many stories. I mean, my wife could vouch for the crazy amounts of food. I, we went to Israel, right, and... The first thing off the bat when we got there was, you know, buy two more suitcases because we're going to bring back all kinds of crazy stuff, right? You're going to buy pictures and gifts and this and that and all, all kinds of nonsense that you don't need, but it's from Israel, so you got to bring it back. Um, we filled one of those suitcases with candy. Wow. Because Israeli candy is Israeli candy. You have to have it, right? We filled the suitcase with that candy. With, right? with, with the intent of who eating it? Well, of course, it was for the kids and, and oh. for everybody else. There's no question, right? That there's yeah. always a justification of why <laughs> you're getting it. No doubt about that. Um, I had to justify spending the money too, so yeah. <laughs> there was no question. We, I ate it. I ate a ton, a ton of that candy, and I was sick. I was so sick. I remember. I just, it was unimaginable how much I ate that interest that addiction never leaves you you know what i mean i even today i haven't touched a piece of candy in two years i still every time i see it i see those micronites i want them i i god forbid i would touch it but boy do i want it um even my kids now are not eating candy the way they were when i was i mean okay so your wife you mentioned your wife was she okay with it with my eating With like your this? eating habits and your lifestyle um, at the time? I have to imagine not. But she didn't say anything. But, yeah, sometimes, you know, everybody knows, you know what you can push through and you know what you can't, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it's just not worth, that was just something that she knew I couldn't break, so there was nothing to, you know, to go after me about, it wasn't really going to help. For those who don't know what it is, what is it in a nutshell? Okay, so I did the uh, gastric sleeve, I'm sorry, I believe it's called the sleeve gastrectomy um it is a bariatric surgery they basically they put a pipe into your uh throat into your stomach that's the size of about a half a banana and they go in and they cut out the rest of your stomach so that size that pipe that half a banana that's what you're left with and they remove the rest of your stomach they remove 80 percent of your stomach they leave you with a, a stomach the size of a half a banana. Wow. So you physically cannot eat more than that. You'll it's just there's no room for it. Now, it's not a lifetime fix. It doesn't mean that like I said, you don't have the interest in still eating. It doesn't mean that if you're not careful for the rest of your life and you don't change your full life habits that you can't uh you know, you can't stretch it out again and put yourself right back to where you were. You certainly can. However, if you do make a full lifetime commitment to change and you do work on yourself, this is no question it's the greatest tool 
So when you got started with the process, where did you go? Who did you talk to? You know, there are a lot of things in life that are literally make or break based on what you pick. You know, uh, your job, your your the school your kids go to, the the block you live on. Well, this was completely, I mean, it was completely by the hand of God. I, I ended up in a program. I've spoken with a lot of people who have done a lot of different procedures. I have yet to hear anybody who has had an experience like I, I've had. Uh, the way the program, the way the system works is you, if you're covered by insurance, uh, which is a process in and of itself, in order to get covered by insurance, you need to go through six months of doctor's visits. You go through the six-month process, then beforehand you go to a, uh, you get an endoscopy, they check your stomach, make sure that you're okay, everything's good, you go into surgery, and then you begin the long path of post-op. A lot of people I've spoken to and I, I see um, are really left on their own. You know, I need, a, I need to find a nutritionist to talk to. Um, my doctor said I need to go through this or I need to go through that. Who can I get to sign off that, uh, you know, you have, to see a, a, you have to see a psychotherapist beforehand. You know, these people are like, well, who can I, who can I, uh, who can sign off that I did this? Or who can sign off that I did the doctor's appointment? So what's the cheat way? You know, uh, how long after can I start smoking again? Can I get somebody to sign off? It doesn't work like that in the program I went to. I went and I met my doctor. Uh, Dr. Leowitz, his name is, uh, he's in in Milwaukee. That's where I did it. He's in the uh, Aurora Sinai Bariatric Program. He runs it. And Dr. James Leowitz. And I saw him. I saw his assistant, uh, Christy. They're literally, they're sent by God. I, that's all I can say. They, they saved my life. Everything was very, very clear-cut. There is no looking for nutritionists or anything like that. Everything is within their program. You're coming to the same place. They assign you which nutritionist you're talking to. They send you to the psychotherapist they want you to talk to. They have a whole team of people. And then every single week, Dr. James, Rilewitz, and, and Chrissy sit down at a table with all their other people, their nutritionist and the psychotherapist, and they talk about each patient. And each one gives their two cents on where they feel the person's holding and what the person needs to do. Right. Uh, they have somebody who talks to your insurance for you. They have somebody that every step of the way, they're all in on it. So you really have a team of people. It's not just a surgery. This is a project. This is a project. They're there for life. I've moved away from Milwaukee now. Um, I can call them up at any given time and ask them a question. They're there for me. No have problem. I, absolutely. So how long after the procedure, after the surgery, did you start to see results? Immediately. Really? Yeah, immediately. And that's with anybody who does a surgery. Um, you'll start dropping weight right away. I mean, you, you, first you're of all, you're not eating. And immediately you'll, right at the beginning, the first month, the first two months, you're shedding weight. It's a pound a day. You're going through 30, 35 pounds the first month. Uh, maybe another 20, 25 the next month. So within two months, you're down 50 pounds. Was that was that like a natural process or were there like side effects from you? No, not? no. The, the beginning was, now there is, we, we do have to really um, uh, mention an amazing uh, life-altering situation that I went through in this because it would, it would really take away from the story if we didn't say it. Um, two weeks before the surgery, I went in for my, for my endoscopy to check my stomach, make sure that I'm okay. Um, 
the day before that, I had to go back to my regular doctor and get a final sign-off that, you know, I'm good to go and everything's in order. I did some blood work, and I get a call the next morning. I remember I went into work for an hour just to catch up a little bit, and then I was going to head into the hospital, and I see his number pops up. I pick up, and he says, uh, cancel the endoscopy. I said, why? He says, do you know what a normal person's blood sugar should be? I said, what? He says, it should be 90 to 130. I said, okay. He goes, do you know what yours is? No idea. He says, yours is 560. Wow. You are this close to being in a diabetic coma and dying. You're wow. a full-on diabetic. You need to go to a dietitian, right? And, um, yeah, no, no endoscopy, no surgery. Wow. You're, you're going in they right hadn't, now. They hadn't checked your blood pressure before? They had checked it. I never had an issue. So now what, to, what just, changed? Why so, did it spike up? So two things. First of all, I, I don't believe this had, obviously this contributed to it. Um, I, I obviously was, you know, uh, pre-diabetic, but then again, I was going in for the surgery, so it probably didn't concern them too much because I was doing something about it, right? Um, I knew that I wasn't going to eat again normally the rest of my life. So every time I went to a doctor's appointment, as soon as my blood work came back fine and I had my uh, my weigh-in and I was okay, I right away went to the gas station across the street, grabbed those Laffy Taffy's, a couple of chocolate bars, a few bottles of soda. You know, really, I, I had to I had to get it in because <laughs> it was coming to an end. Yeah, um, and I did it that day as well. When I got the call, my whole life, sh- my my world. Yeah, your heart probably dropped. Um, yeah, this is everything I was working to to not have. How far into the process were you at that point? I was two weeks away from surgery. Wow. Yeah. And then here we are, um, ready to go, and this all comes crashing down. So what, I went. So what happened? I went to the doctor. She gave me a shot for the morning. She gave me a shot to take during the meals. She gave me a shot to take at night. She gave me metformin. She gave me other medicines. I I was checking my blood God knows how many times a day. I was logging everything. I had medicine now, you know, like your grandfather has, right? All my pills laid out in front of me. It was just overnight. My whole life changed. I remember coming home and I was starving. I said, I want to eat something. So my wife takes out a yogurt. She says, here, I look. The first thing I see is it has three sugars. I said, no, no, I'm not eating that. It has sugar in it. She says, no, it's healthy sugar, you, yogurt, you have to, it has to have something, you know, milk has sugar in it, right, you can't, I said, I'm not touching a thing without sugar, and boy, did I make her life miserable, um, we went back <laughs> to the doctor a few days later, and she explained to me that there are healthy things, everything has a little bit in there, you have to know what you're doing, um, we got it down pat, and to make a long story short, three months later, you have to wait three months. They have, it's called an A1C test where they, every three months they can check your, you know, basically the average blood sugar over the three months. I went back three months later. My blood sugar was perfect. It was better than a non-diabetic. I mean, it was as good as it gets. Uh, they were shocked at how fast my A1C went, went down like that. Immediately scheduled me for surgery. Um, I had the surgery, and a week later, I was off of all medication. I never checked my blood. 
occasionally, you know, if I'll get lightheaded, like a, a normal headache, I'll, I'll be, oh, there must be that. So I'll go run and check it. Nothing. Perfect. I, it's, they say they don't know why, but the literature says that uh, this procedure reverses the effects of diabetes. So uh, as far as the doctors tell me, it's gone. Wow. And I feel amazing. I, Do you feel like this procedure saved your life in a way? It absolutely did. Not only that, but I'm almost thankful that I got the diabetes looking back because that really put the scare, that, that put the fear into my life. I mean, I'm right now, you know, whenever I, I start slipping, it's it really has kept me on track because I know what could be because it's not what could be, it was. Right. Did you have a rock? Did you have something you could lean on, a person, something? My wife was... Uh, with me every step of the way. She was absolutely amazing. Um, it's really important that you have somebody like that. Um, and I did. But still, you still, you want to give up. It's very hard. It's very hard to go through this. I mean, I was in Israel when I was supposed to be on a liquid diet. It's impossible. How, how do you go on a liquid diet, you know, in Israel? It's it's impossible. Right, on any vacation. Um, right, on any vacation, but especially in Israel, right? But you know what? It, we did it. We did it. It really saved my life. It absolutely saved my life. I break down my meals that if I have, let's say, 150 calories for breakfast or 200 calories, and I have 200 calories or 250 calories for lunch, and I have a snack bar in between for 100 and 150 calories, right? That leaves me enough to have supper. And then I have supper and I, or dinner, and I have enough to have a snack at night. Right. However, if I go to town during the day, can't well, do it. Can't yeah. do it. I'm out. You know, I used to drink two, three, 12 packs a day of really? cans. Easy. Easy. Wow. And that doesn't include whatever I poured out of the bottle during the meal time. Yeah. Easily. Um, I haven't drank soda in two years. I have no doubt I was well over 10,000 calories a day. Really? Easy. Really? Easy. Just on soda. <laughs> Just on soda. Wow. Are you concerned, were you concerned going into the surgery that your profession would get in the way and maybe cause relapse was, um, was that or is that a worry by you it's always a worry so you have to you really have to like i said the surgery is a tool it's not a fix so you have to um you really have to set your borders up of what you're going to do to make it work perfect example my bagel shop bagels are a killer the pastries are a killer. They can set me way back right away. I don't touch it. I have not had a bagel since the day I bought the bagel shop. I have not eaten a pastry from the bagel shop since I bought it. Now, if I eat my own pastry from the bagel shop, I'm dead in the water. Because once I have one piece, I walk past it, I don't even think about taking it. So it's off limits. Bagels, I, I don't even know what they taste like. I don't have them. I just don't eat it, period. So, so wait, so you don't know if you're making a good product. Oh, <laughs> I know I'm making a good product. Yeah. Like you're making a good um, product because everyone goes right, there and eats exactly. Um, on the flip side, you're you're in a bagel shop. What could be better? I got a full salad bar. You know what lunch is like? For me, lunch is like walking up to a huge buffet of all you can eat. I got lettuce. I got all kinds of toppings. I could put whatever I want in there. So I can make a, I can make a full salad that I can't even finish that is only 100 calories, I can make one that's 300 calories depending on the day and how much currency of calories I want to spend, 
right? But I can eat an amazing salad every single day. So that's kind of cool. So a lot of people, when they hear that you're in this industry, you know, they could be like, well, wait, how is he going to stay on top of his game? But wait a minute, you have the resources to be eating healthy. Absolutely. And to be making the right Absolutely. choices. Absolutely. All you have to do is think about what you're doing. That That's what the surgery teaches you. How much of life now do you enjoy because of everything you've gone through? The box with my medication, with my um, machine to check my blood pressure, it's all still sitting in my room. It'll be with me for the rest of my life. I'll never get rid of it. It sits there. I see it every day. I think about it every day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't remember that I had it. I remember what I did. Somebody who's never, ever been able to run, to start racing, to run, to run in the park, to ride in the bike, I, I go exercising. When did I ever exercise in my life? I can exercise now. And I try to see how fast I could go on the treadmill and how many minutes I can go for and how many uh, calories, you know. Unbelievable the things that I'm able to do. I could play. I could race my kids. I, we run. My, my wife can't believe it, you know. These are things I never, ever would have done in my life. Uh, what advice would you give your younger self? You're hurting you. You're hurting your kids. You're hurting your future generations. You're hurting your wife. You're hurting your family, your parents. You're not hurting anybody else. So you don't want to listen to me? No problem. I continue to walk on my life and forget it. I'm sitting here now. If I'm looking back and I'm talking to that young guy, I'm going to tell him, you know what? Listen. You don't stop now. You're not going to teach your kids how to ride a bike. You may not be around for your kids. Your wife is not going to have you around. Your parents are going to lose a child. Who are you hurting? You don't want to listen to me? No problem. Keep keep eating. I'm going about my life. It's not going to change. I tell people all the time now. They tell me, oh, you got to tell my husband. You got to tell my wife. You got to tell my kids. They need to do the surgery. You got to tell them they have to do it. I can't. You don't, you can't tell anybody they have to do anything. They don't have to do anything. They can do whatever they want. I can encourage them. If they don't decide on their own that this is what they want to do, me forcing them into the surgery is basically asking them to go through a very painful situation and fail. Because there's no way that any person who does this without deciding 100% that this is going to be my life is going to be successful. They are 100% going to fail. They're going to gain it back. You you have to want it. And the only way that, the only thing to tell that person is do it for yourself. Do it so that you're there. 100%. And, you know, <laughs> after, after everything you went through and all the lessons you've accumulated, all the, the value that you now have in your life, what advice do you have to offer someone who isn't necessarily in that situation? They don't necessarily have a have an eating problem or a weight problem, but they have... You know they're not enjoying life they're not living a fulfilled life they might wake up on a Monday morning and they don't feel enthused they don't feel that motivation to go and you know grab life and take it take full advantage what advice do you have to offer them do whatever you have to do that you have no regrets there are people who are in the gym all day long and they're healthy to tea and all of a sudden they walk across the street and get hit by a car and they're dead they're in an accident right Sure, we have no control over what happens to us in life. We, we really don't. But we can do our best, and we can put our best shot forward, right? God forbid something happens to somebody, and it was by no control of their own, right? But somebody who has control over something, 
you can put your best foot forward. You could come to work every day with a smile and try to push yourself forward. And you can put in all your effort and all your talent and get somewhere. And then you could turn around and say, hey, listen, I've done everything I could in my life. I did everything I could in my life to get the max out of my potential. Nobody can ask more from you. And you'll always be looked at as a legend within your circles, within your family. It has to do with your effort. Pacey Elbaum, thank you so much for taking the time. It really means a lot to me. You bet. Here are some great takeaways from our conversation. One, for the things people want in life, they find a way to do it. They find a way to make it happen. How much you'll save when you quit smoking, for example, is not a deterrent because it's so small, it's so insignificant. Two, when Pacey was two weeks away from his big surgery and he was told that he was a hair away from a diabetic coma and that they couldn't perform the surgery on him, he didn't drop and give up. Instead, he used it to work harder and he still uses it to remind him how low he once was and how strong he can be. Three, always have a rock, someone or something to lean on in tough times. Four, look at the bright side. It's not that now that Pacey has a smaller stomach, he can't eat anything. Rather, he works in an environment where he has access to so much healthy food. There's so much he can eat. Five, you can't tell anyone they have to do anything because they don't. They can do what they want. If there's something that they need to do that's good for them, that's beneficial for them, they need to come to it on their own. The only thing we can do as family or as a friend is suggest it to them. And six, we have no control over what happens to us in life. But the things we do have control over, we should give it our all. We should do everything we can to get the max out of our potential. Hey guys, thanks for listening. This was a real interesting episode of Maverick Mondays. But if you truly want to grow and become the best version of you, and yeah, I mean the best version of you, listen to the episode again, take some notes, review the lessons throughout the day, let them sink in. This is a great way to achieve success and forge a positive attitude, the kind that will break us out of some of the most unmotivating Mondays. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) 